Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to episode 22. So as promised, we are back this week with an episode all about what to do when people bring you problems rather than solutions. And once again, this one has come up from conversations that we've had. So we felt like this would be relatable and well worth delving into. So Pam, has this has this happened to you in your career? Have you been tearing your hair out when people have just seem to bring you problem after problem and you felt like the mental load is all on you to try and resolve it all yeah I mean this is something like this is something that I kind of dealt with throughout my whole corporate career and as time went on I was able to deal with it a lot better but initially you know when you when you kind of in a new management role you you don't have all the answers but people because you are the manager expect you to have all all of the answers and I think when you're pretty new to the role you feel like you should have all the answers and when people arrive at your desk or they're knocking on your office door and they're like got this problem we've got this issue you know it's all gone wrong like what are we going to do and the easiest thing to do is to go right what is the problem and fire out an answer, get everyone back on track. And then you're like, right, job done. But actually what you're doing and what I was doing a lot at the, the start of, you know, being a brand new manager was taking on all of that extra stress and all of that extra workload that I didn't need to because, you know, what I was basically doing was stopping people from learning. I was taking away their power really because they they were in a position, they were also managers they were in a position to be able to go and deal with those issues or think through what the solutions could be. But they were coming to me and I was just giving them an answer. They were going away and dealing with it. So then there came a situation where it's like, well, what happens if I'm not here? What will you do? And, you know, there was a couple of times when I wasn't there and I was getting phone calls at home, phone calls on holiday because people need the answers because I hadn't shown them how to find the solutions to the problems or how to start thinking about what the solutions could be so that was kind of at the very start and then as I realized like this is just causing me so much pressure so much stress and I was like why can these people not come up with the answers themselves and you know the, the simple answer to that was was because why would they when I was just giving them the answers when I was just feeding them all of the information I wasn't asking them to think for themselves and I wasn't showing them how to do that and that was where I kind of took stock one day when it was particularly stressful like you know a few things have gone wrong a few things that could have been easily resolved but people were just not feeling empowered to do that and that's when I thought right what can I do with these people to help them and that was kind of like very early on in my career and at that point I'd had no real training on being a manager or you know 
or how to be a better leader, how to be more effective. So I was kind of like, right, I need to figure this out because, you know, there's just too much going on. And I just simply started, I mean, at the time in, you know, in the middle of, of an issue when someone's got a real issue and they're in a real panic, you know, it's not always possible to say, right, before you come to me with this problem, I want you to think of, you know, solutions. What are the solutions? What are the options? If I wasn't here, what would you do? And most of those cases, it would have been, well, I will call you, <laughs> you know? So it was, it was one of those things where it was like, right, this is not just going to be a short term fix where I say, right, when you come to me, you need to come with some options, some solutions rather than just give me the problem. I want to know what you would do. So I had to start coaching that out of them. So when they came to me in a flap, I would say, right, okay, what do you think? So not if I wasn't here, but actually right now in this moment, what do you think we should do? And then open up a conversation around what they thought. And then once we were out of that situation, then have a conversation around, right, okay, in future, this is what I want you to do. Let's reflect on that situation and let's think about what we can do next time. So that was kind of how I started the transition to empower people to, you know, to come up with some solutions. And again, they didn't always have the answers, but just starting that thinking process on what we could do rather than just putting all of that mental load onto me started to make a huge difference. I feel like there's so much to unpack in all of that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's break it down then. So I think one of the things that really is important is to recognize the impact of this, because I think it's very easy not to notice that this is happening until like you say, you're getting phone calls when you're on day off. You're getting feeling like you've got to check your emails every day when you're on holiday because you're so concerned that, you know, or, or anxious that you can't let things slide until you get back because you feel like things won't work without you. And I feel like if you can notice it sooner and address it before it gets to that point, you'll save yourself so much angst. So one of the things that I think is really important to consider is to kind of pause and reflect and ask yourself, does this happen now? Because if you're a very competent manager and leader, if you are experienced in what you do, if you have been at the business that you're at or in the role that you're in for a while, it is so easy that when somebody comes and asks you a question, you just answer it and it doesn't even register. You don't even realize that you've answered that question because it's just straightforward for you. And it's literally that simple. They ask, you answer, they go, they carry on. And until it then becomes untenable, you don't notice just how much is happening. So I think the first thing is recognizing and pausing. So what, if you look back in hindsight, what were the signs that could have stopped you getting to that point? What was, what prompted it? What, before it got to the point where you were kind of exhausted with the mental drain of having all of these questions, what, what signs could you have recognized? I think it was just the the reliance on me to, you know, to solve everything. I think that was the first thing. It was like, you know, or at first, you know, 
being brand new in a, in a senior leadership role, it felt good that people came to me because they knew I had the answers. So I was like, you know, this is amazing. Like I've made it, you know, I've like hit this real peak in my career because like, you know, these people trust me. They're <laughs> And it's felt- ego, like you feel so good because you feel like, woohoo, I've made it. People know that I have the answers. Yeah. And that was the thing. And I was like, yes, this, this feels good. And, you know, I was kind of coming out of work with a big smile on my face. Like, yeah, I'm a real senior manager now. Like this is, you know, this is me, this, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving, you know, being in control. I'm loving having all the answers. And then what happened was as I progressed in that role and as we took on more projects and as things happened and you know, we had some resource constraints and more work was piled on. And then all of a sudden I felt like I was over capacity, but people were still relying on me for the answers. And that's when I kind of started feeling really stretched and thinking, you know, that is a really simple thing. Why don't you know the answer? Why don't you feel that you can just go and make that decision? And that's when I had to reflect and think, right, okay, that I've got to take some responsibility for that. I think the the responsibility piece is huge. And I think like you, I very much recognize that feeding the ego of being Mm. the one that knows stuff. And I think that's a really important sign if people are kind of sitting there feeling like oh yeah like I do get a buzz when I know the answers and I give people the direction and they listen and they do what I have suggested that feels good to start with yeah but I think if you are in that place where in your role that's happening then just check in with yourself and notice whether that's that you need to potentially be starting that move now to avoid a problem down the way because like you say then as you get further in as the role gets bigger as more projects are going on at once as more plates to spin then that same thing that felt really good can then become an albatross around your neck so there's that element of what's your responsibility so am I feeding this by being the person that will give them the answers And when you were talking at first, you were talking about that kind of time pressure and the judgment of kind of what do you say and when. So that that question of what would you do if I wasn't here? That's a really interesting question to use because I feel like that's one that probably people do try and use when they're in this situation. But you've pointed out a really clear issue with it which is like well I'd phone you I'd wait until you were there (laughs) it doesn't necessarily always get the right response so what what other kind of questions or prompts could people use to get somebody from asking you for an answer to doing some of the thinking for themselves yeah that's that's a really good point and I think most people know even though they go and ask the question I think most people know what needs to be done so when you've been working in a job for a certain amount of time or even if you're brand new to a job if you're working at a certain level you've got an understanding of of what needs to happen or what you think should happen and I think the problem comes from people not trusting themselves so feeling like they just need they don't want to make mistakes in the workplace like that is for me, that is huge. That was a big thing that I used to kind of go through with with my direct reports. It was like, it's okay to make a mistake. 
if we learn from mistakes. We don't want to just be dropping balls everywhere. We want to make mistakes and we want to learn from them. And part of me empowering them to, to come up with their their own solutions or to at least present solutions to me because sometimes they might have needed my sign off or approval on something because it was too much of a, a big decision for them to make on their own but rather than come to me and say I've got a problem everything's turned upside down what do we do now it's like I've got this problem and this is what I think we should do or here's a couple of options on what we could do what do you think now sometimes the options that they presented were not ideal. So it was around, well, what else could we do? So when people kind of came rushing up to my desk or like catching me in the corridor or whatever, and it's like, we've got this major issue. It's like, okay, well, what, what is the issue? Is it business critical? Is it affecting a person? Like what, what is it? And starting by breaking down, like, what is it? And then it's like, well, what have we done in the past? What, what would what have you done in, in a previous situation like this? And if that hasn't happened, if, if this is a brand new thing, it's like, okay, well, what do you think we could do? So rather than what would you do if it wasn't here, which is a different question to like, what do you actually think we should do? Like with, with your experience, how could we move forward with this? Or how could we fix it? What's the first thing we need to do? Like nine times out of 10, people are going to know what that is. Yeah. And some of the some of the questions I used to use in that type of situation would be things like, what options could you see? What yeah. ideas might there be that could work here? So quite kind of softly, softly with those. And then one that I was quite famous for, which was more along the lines of what would you do if I, I wasn't here, but not quite the same, is I often used to say to people, and what would you do if it were your business? So it's almost like if you were taking the risk, if you had to back yourself, what what do you think you would do? Yeah. And that got a slightly different response than what would you do if I wasn't here? Because it's not like if you didn't have any support, it's more that case of if if you knew that you had the autonomy to make the right decision for you and for the business, what would it be? And I found that one probably more so than any others worked to try and almost for want of a better description, train people to start to think that way because, because it was something that I was known to ask. It just became something that people anticipated and they would, their brain would be starting to work on answering that question, even as they were asking it. I think one of the other things that I just picked up from what you were sharing around some of those differing scenarios as well was the importance of recognizing even before you start asking those questions, has somebody actually asked you to solve it or have they vented or told you that there's a problem? Because I think in the kind of rush and busyness Sometimes there's an instinct where you can jump to somebody's told you a problem and actually you feel like they're asking you how to solve it, but they may not have asked for your advice. They may just have a worry that they want to talk through. And if you jump in and give advice when it hasn't even specifically been asked for, it's almost the opposite of what I was saying about training them to think about, okay, how would I weigh this up? What would I do? You sort of 
training them to expect that you will answer all their questions and you will jump in with advice. Whereas if they are just telling you about a problem, and especially if they haven't actually specifically said, what should I do? Then holding back from jumping in and giving that advice can make the world a difference. Yeah, and that is a really good point. And it is like that, just holding that space for them, isn't it? Like letting them get it off the chest. And it's like, okay, so what support do you need now? And asking them rather than jumping in, because it's so easy when you've got the answers, when you can clearly see what needs to be done, when someone presents that problem and you're like, well, this is super simple to me because I've got the answers to just jump in. But it's like, well, do you actually need the support or are you just getting it off your chest? And I think that's where it can be quite frustrating when somebody does that as well, when you just want to get it off your chest, like you just want to get something out your head, like just bounce it about when you start talking things through it. And I always find as well, like if something's going on in my head, as soon as I start talking it out, I'm like, oh yeah, and it's not so big anymore. And it becomes clear as I'm talking through it. We've mentioned this book before on the podcast, which is The Coaching Habit by Michael mm-hmm. bungay Stanya, and I'll put the link in the show notes. And what he talks about is as a manager becoming more coach-like. So you're yeah. not a professional coach, but actually be be more in the coaching place and less in the giving advice place and one question that he suggests within that book is what's the real problem here for you so when someone tells you about a problem what that does is exactly as you describe if it's all worrying about in their head it helps them to start to rifle through and consider what's the right problem because often the thing that they tell you is the surface level thing. It's not the real deeper issue. So what that question can do is help them with that kind of sounding board, kind of thinking place of getting to what what do they actually need to solve? What's the real problem? And very often when people get specific about the problem they need to solve, then it gets far easier to come up with the ideas to solve it. Yeah. When it's all worrying about in the brain, then not so easy so yeah yeah, I I love that question it's a really simple one and it's one I wish I'd have known when I was leading and managing others it's a great book yeah I I love that question I've just written that down actually because even as a coach there's there's always so many more questions like you kind of develop your toolkit of questions like what your go-to questions in in every situation but there's always so many other questions as well that you can ask to to help you support people in getting to those answers and I think that is a really really good one like what's the real problem here for you it's so simple but so effective because that's where they could possibly say well there isn't really a problem I was just downloading and I think that's a brilliant question I love that oh and I think One of the things I would say as well, if you are feeling that kind of weight of pressure of people are coming to you and it feels like they're expecting you to solve their problems, is to really check in with, have you set the expectation of what do you want them to do? As in, what problems should they be able to solve within their role? What should they check in with you about? How should they go about solving problems? How much do you want to be involved? When do you want them to raise these things? So sometimes it's not even the level of problems or advice that they want. 
is that they'll literally rock up at your desk if you're in the office, especially with hybrid working where people are not in the office perhaps as much as they used to be. It can feel like a constant stream of you're trying to get your head into doing something and somebody's just coming and asking for an answer or asking for some advice. And so kind of setting expectations and having clarity in that working relationship of what kind of things should people ask for your input on? What do you trust them to go away and resolve on their own? Can give people kind of the the safety of when to go about it themselves versus, because like you say, a lot of this stems from people don't want to make mistakes. Like they don't want to just go and do something and then you tell them that, oh no, I wouldn't have done it like that or you shouldn't have done it like that. So they're trying to avoid that by asking for advice and sometimes so much of that can be cleared up just by having some of that clarity in, okay, how do I want it to work? So do we have a half hour catch up where you bring whatever you've got? Is it okay for you to just ask me a quick question at my desk? If we have a, if we have a five minute conversation and then it turns into something more, then let's agree that what we'll do is put some proper time in the diary to really kind of get to the nub of this problem together and work on it together rather than because I think that can really contribute when there's no clarity around what should you be involved with what should they be able to do how do you want them to approach you when they have got questions all of that can really add to the weight yeah I think that's brilliant advice and I think if you can kind of get to that point where you are setting out those boundaries and you are being really clear on how you support I think that just will generally make your life easier and stop all of the unnecessary interruptions as well and I think one other point that I would make before we start to draw it to a close is there's a temptation when you're kind of setting those expectations and ways of working what I've heard people do before is actually say I want you to come to me with solutions and suggestions and then that can actually backfire because what that can do is make somebody fearful that if they can't come to you with a suggestion or an idea you're going to judge them that they can't come up with their own ideas and what that can then lead to is they don't give you early warning of problems they don't feel like they can approach you so they maybe start going to other people for advice or they maybe try and solve it themselves and just hope, cross our fingers and hope for the best, because you've set that expectation of you can't come to me unless you've got ideas and suggestions. So I think particularly if somebody needs a lot of support, it's that handholding along the way to get to that point. And if you kind of say to somebody, I don't want to bring, I don't want you to bring me problems. I want you to bring me ideas and suggestions and solutions. If they're not at that point yet and they don't feel they can, then actually you can kind of just change the problem rather than resolve it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is like that in like to kind of summarize that, that is that is brilliant because it's just kind of giving people that different way of thinking, isn't it? About how you how you do then think if you've not got those solutions and then you kind of make yourself or if that person's not got the solutions or they're kind of thinking well I haven't got any ideas on how to resolve this it's like they know what the boundaries are and they know what they can come to you with and also that they know that that you're still approachable even if they've not got those solutions 
as well because part of dealing with problems and issues is is learning from them and if it's a brand new situation then it might be something that you've really got no idea on where to turn with it so so I think it's good to kind of have that balance absolutely and I think the final thing I would say is don't expect this to change overnight the problem doesn't tend to, it might feel like it's arrived overnight because you might notice the pressure quite suddenly and it feels like it's just appeared, but also just recognize that it it takes time for that to change. So I think sometimes people are kind of like, oh, I've set the expectation. I've, I've tried using those questions and they're not coming up with their own ideas and they feel frustrated. And actually it does take time to kind of make that shift and particularly I see this where people maybe get promoted or take over a new team where that team potentially has been used to a different way of working and where you want people to be more collaborative bring more innovative bring ideas if they've been managed by a micromanager or they've been managed by somebody that just kept giving them answers all the time then it is going to take time. And I certainly had that experience in my career where I took over a team that were used to somebody that was very, very directive. They gave very clear guidance. They were petrified of stepping out of line or or getting it wrong. And it took time for that working relationship to build where I was using that more of a coaching approach, asking those kind of questions that got them to give their suggestions and then say, okay, and actually you didn't need to ask me. We've talked about it. Same situation happens again, fill your boots. You know, I trust you to choose the right option. And it, yeah, don't just don't expect that people are going to change their behavior overnight just because you've decided that you're going to adopt this advice and be all you know, more of a coach and less directive. They don't necessarily get the memo immediately. So thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back next week with an episode that is all about how to set your LinkedIn profile up if you are using LinkedIn and in job search mode. So Pam has got some brilliant nuggets to share with that. Meantime, please do connect with us on LinkedIn. Ask us any questions. Let us know of any topics that you would like us to cover in future episodes. The last couple have been really specific ones that have come off the back of conversations that we've had with people. And we always love building these episodes around stuff that we know are questions that you want us to answer. So don't be a stranger, connect with us on LinkedIn. Our profiles are in the show notes and yeah, just let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week. Exciting news from us. If you're an ambitious leader or manager earning 50k or more and you're ready to take your career to the next level, we have an opportunity for you. Introducing Catalyst Career Club, your secret weapon for unlocking career success. As a member, you'll get access to monthly live training sessions, exclusive job opportunities, and the ability to get personalised advice from us on your toughest career challenges. We've helped thousands of driven leaders like you secure significant pay rises, land dream roles and thrive in their careers. And now we want to support you in achieving your most ambitious career goals too. Membership is just $6.99 per month with no contract or tie-in. And as a special bonus for being our podcast listeners, you can use the code podcast at checkout to get your first month for just £1. Head over to PamelaLangan.com 
forward slash Catalyst Career Club to sign up now and we'll see you inside.